This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider. Hey, we're the number one podcast <laughs> real estate team. <laughs> Did you know that? Number one. Number yes. one team. Podcast team. Podcast Self-diagnosed team. right now. Yeah. You ever notice how realtors, like, I, I was recently in Vancouver, and I noticed, like, on every bus bench, on every real estate sign, I see the number one realtor. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means number one that day. Like number one, like they're the number one in their eyes? Well, who knows? Maybe maybe in the brokerage. Maybe in their area. But in their brokerage like forever? Well, I would like more definition on that. Mm, yes. It actually makes me kind of kind of want to puke because like <laughs> I don't really feel like if you're going around saying I'm number one. I'm the best there is. Like right away, that's the first introduction line that you probably aren't. Yeah. Like if you're the one telling everybody that you're number one. That's like the saying, hey, trust me. Hey, trust me. Trust me. Oh, trust me. There <laughs> Do you is have a, a bad experience there? Um, doesn't everybody? <laughs> there is a say in Spanish. I'm kind of going to translate it and says, tell me what you talk about and I'll tell you what you lack of. Right. Mm. Hey, that's good. I like that's it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So that's what I'm going to write on the, I'm going to get my black felt marker. There I'm going to head go. down to Vancouver right on all those <laughs> park benches. <laughs> but no, for real serious, we are the number one podcast real estate team in this city block. <laughs> Let's be real. In, in this office that we're in right now. In this office right yes. now. Actually, I think we are the only podcast real estate team. I haven't heard of another I one. I haven't either. Hmm. No. There's a ton of real estate podcasts out there, but I don't think a lot of them talk about like their specific market and what they're all about in like a region. Like I, I listen to all kinds and most yeah. of them are investing or how to leverage and how to finance and the steps, but not any that I'm aware of are like, here's our market and here's the news yeah. about our city. Yeah. Yep. Which makes us so damn educational. The number one. <laughs> number one podcast team. <laughs> all right. So if, you remember we had that little wager yeah. I don't remember if we put any money on the line or anything, but maybe was it a lunch or something? We should define it that. Was lunch. It, oh, it's was oh, it lunch? lunch. Okay, cool, because I am winning. Okay. <laughs> Not that I'm counting. You're, you're getting even closer to winning. You're like blowing us out of the water. <laughs> yeah, right no doubt. So in October of 2017, last year, there was 273 units sold. Okay. And if you back that even further up to like the first 16 days of the market, today's the 16th? Yes. Yeah. The first 16 days of October's 2017 market, there was 152 units sold. To date, right now, the 16th of October, 2018, 53 units right now. Whew, 100 less. Yeah, that's like, Yikes. that's a significant dump in October. Yeah. Yeah. So... So none of us are anywhere near close. No, someone should have said, sh someone should have bet a dollar. A dollar? <laughs> I'll go a dollar, right? Number one, one unit would have been the, uh, the, the way to yeah. go. Yeah, wow. Have you guys checked out my 10-day uh, sold challenge? Yep, you betcha. Yeah, what do you think? I love it. I think it's great. I really do. Good so, for you. What so, a great idea, Parker. So 10-day sold challenge, this is what it is. I'm challenged to sell a house that I've already had on the market for... 35, 40 days. We did a price reduction to what I feel is like a very competitive price. 
And now I have 10 days to, to sell this property. And today's day two of that challenge. So I'm starting to feel the pressure. <laughs> Eight days to go. Parker. Eight days to go. Eight business days. Yes. Yeah. And like the idea, like my concept of it is just maximum exposure for the house. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's great. We'll back you up. Yeah. Hey, Ali. Pom-poms. I'm already per- like, you know how like football players, they'll like practice their like touchdown dance. I'm practicing it, but I'm also in the back of my mind. I'm like, I wonder what I'd do if it doesn't sell. Mm. What does that dance look like? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wish me luck. Today's podcast is on neighbors. Mm-hmm. Lot to say about neighbors. Yep. You ever built a condition in your contract that says subject to buyers accepting neighbors? Never. Owner before? No, never. Is Has that like unreasonable? I don't know. As a seller, as a seller, I would think that's an out clause. That's an out clause for sure. Yeah. I, I wouldn't accept, but then at the same time, as a seller, I might be thinking that's an out clause because my neighbor in the back right. is a not nice guy because I don't want to say bad words. Have you ever like run into the actual seller when you're showing a house and they're like, oh, and the neighbors are fantastic. Yeah. Number one neighbors. <laughs> Number one neighbors. <laughs> I'm always like red flagged by that because I'm always like, mm-hmm. you know, if you talk about it, what was that saying? How'd that analogy go? Uh, tell me what you talk about and I'll tell you what you lack of. Right. So yeah. I think that um, buyers don't do enough due diligence on their neighbors because I, I think like if you live in a semi-rural area, <clears throat> no big deal. But if you're in a suburban kind of subdivision, a newer development, like tight houses. Yeah your neighbors play a big role on a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you can reach out your window and touch their house, right? So in some cases. Yeah, in some yep. places there. Yep. Do you have any uh, interesting neighborhood stories? <laughs> I do. Do you? I got lots. And like, I don't live next to them anymore, so I feel like it's fair game. I could just throw them under the bus right now. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't live next to the ones that um, caused me grief anymore either. Um, but I, I have the most amazing neighbors on one side. They are like, they've become like grandparents to my children. Nice. They are so fabulous. He does my lawn when I'm not around. Actually, he does my lawn all the time. Cleans up stuff that like, I cut down some bushes the other day and then didn't get a chance to take them away and, and went out of town. I came back, they were gone. Nice. He cleaned everything up. My kids go over there. They have hot chocolate. They are seriously the most wonderful neighbors I have. But then on the other side, I had the neighbor who was a very nasty person. Oh. Yeah. So does that balance out? If you have a, a great neighbor and a bad neighbor, does that like equal, yeah, I'll stay here? You, you know what? It, unfortunately, and, it, and it's human nature to focus more on the negative stuff, um, that became quite a stress in my everyday sort of life. And, right. and you know, so it was more... Yeah, it was more of a stress having them there than focusing on the other neighbors who are so great, right? Whereas, you know, like I should have been focusing on that instead. Right. But yeah, she was so nasty. It it made it made coming home a little bit miserable. Right. Yeah. She's standing even out my the kids. Of the driveway with a broom and she's just kind of giving you the eyeballs. No, she was out riding it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, season. even my kids yeah. were like, she is a nasty person. And, and it just sort of came on from a little incident bit. 
Always you does. Know. Always yeah, I does. Know. I know. Yeah. Anyway. So, like, in my experiences, most people don't give any real due diligence factor to their neighbors unless there's something, like, awful going on next door. Dogs jumping the fence trying to, like, eat you while you're showing the house. But, like, <laughs> I find people will buy a house and then they'll nose around and snoop at the neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's, like, too late. That's backwards, right? I think you should be doing that first. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one that just popped in my head. Yep. Um, was showing a place and the neighbor, which was quite close, is uh, sitting on the front deck having a coffee with a very straight face, yeah. just following you with his eyes. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and the people that I was showing the place, they, they kind of said, like, did you notice that? I said, we yeah. all noticed this. Yeah. And so I did ask, and uh, they said, he just keeps to himself. Right. That was the answer from the seller. He just keeps to himself. Yeah. Sort of serial uh, killers. That's where you're like, let's go buy some cedars. Yeah. Get some fast growing <laughs> vegetation here. Are we allowed 10 foot fences here? <laughs> yeah. I think like you could probably nip some of those things in the butt right away. Like if you were just to like square off with him and be like, hey, I'm your new neighbor. How's, how's life? You yeah. know? Like, yeah. And that's exactly what I respond. told my, my guys to do. I said, just, just go introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, just break the ice. Because he doesn't know what to expect. Some people don't, don't even are scared of going out. Like the neighbors are scared to coming into the... Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. And, and so I just said, just go bro- break the ice, take them something or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Just talk to him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I live in a hood where there's like a lot of long-term residents. And on the weekend, I noticed like my neighbor's dog was kind of barking a little bit. And the neighbor across the street kind of walked down. And we're on acreages, so they're like, those are serious walks. Like they're like you know, 500 yard driveways. It's not like you're just coming out of your garage and you chat in a conversation. Yeah. yeah. And like sort of confronted the neighbor, like what's your dog's name? And I'm thinking you guys have lived here for like 15 years. Both of you are like 15 year residents. Yeah. They look at each other every day and yet they don't even know like that much about them, mm. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. They're your hood. You got to like, oh. you got to like, they look out for you. You look out for them, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's a commitment needs to be signed in every subdivision that you are entering a family that you need to be standing by. You got to be like ready to protect your your family, your familia. Yeah. I am impressed at your Spanish. You Was that the intention? That's or? all I got. <laughs> okay, so I've 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 had an idea to build like a four-step system for pre-qualifying your neighbors and in the right order so that you can have a more happy, successful home buying experience with regards to your neighbors. You ready? Yes. Yes. You don't seem that excited. Tell us. Did I tell you that I'm the number one realtor podcast host (laughs) on this side of the street? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Step one, really, really, really important and of much value to realtors. Don't show up at a showing and then ditch the neighborhood. Like book a showing, you get there and you're like, oh, I hate this hood. Yeah. I don't even want to look at this house. Yeah. Right? So if you're in the mood to buy a house and I say in the mood, do some digging before, go comb the streets, cancel the hoods that you don't want to look at. Um, or maybe sections of the streets that you don't want. Like sometimes you can have, I know Brock is like famous for this. Like there is like a street, but yet parts of that street 
have like really good like neighborhoods. And then like yeah. there's some real transient kind of rental hoods that are kind of like yeah. mix matched. And then like the end of the street goes back to more long-term residents and, mm-hmm. you know, pride of ownership is visible from the street and curb appeal and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to kind of like do that due diligence before you book showings. This saves a lot of time. You know what? My last clients did that with every single house that they said, they sent me a, a property. Yeah. I want to look at this. We're going to go out, drive it tonight. And then they would come back to me and be like, nope. Or yes. It was yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Okay. Pre-qualify your hood before you book the showing. Um, step two, consider how many people are home during the daylight hours, like the daytime hours, the working hours, mm-hmm. right? Because it tends to be, and I, I would focus this on like more of a rental transient hood. And by transient, what I mean is like people could live there for 12 months, 15 months, but then they move on because they're living in a basement suite right? or they're living in an upstairs unit, right? And it just tends to be like there's areas in Kamloops that the property values are in such a place that they become high interest for investment properties, for dual rental, like up and down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And those tend to have a lot more transient kind of people that aren't, you know, they're not renting for 27 years in this, this house, right? Like they've been there for nine months and then they're off to another subdivision and then, or they're off to another city or whatever. Right. Right. So I would say in the, in the order of operations, so you've pre-qualified your hood. You're like, yep, this area over here, I'm okay. And there's a couple showings. We're going to go look at them tonight. You go look at them. And you're like, this house is starting to interest me. Like, I'm thinking more serious about this property than anything else. I think then you need to do do a day a daytime drive through that hood, evaluating what the hood looks like during the daylight hours, like working hours. Because if there's a lot of people that aren't working, then there's just going to be a lot more traffic in that area. There's probably going to be a little more lower income in that area, which is maybe fine, but you should know, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be surprised by a fact. And then I also think you come back at 5.30 at 6 o'clock at night when everybody's home from work and see what the congestion looks like on that street. Mm -hmm. Because you may find that in the daytime, everybody's off working and the street looks clean and tidy. And then at 6 o'clock at night, you come home and like it's bumper to bumper on the roadsides because there's nowhere for everyone to park. Mm -hmm. And that might not be the most like child playing street friendly kind of hood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's going to be so much more traffic, more cars coming and going. Yeah. And then this is another factor, but I'm going to get into it more detail in step four. But in a recent um, trip to a neighborhood in Kamloops that I've been on, I find that when I go there at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the afternoon, when homeowners are home, it's a very quiet neighborhood. But when I'm there during the daylight hours, when most of the people are off working, I find it's a very noisy hood because the dogs are all barking because no one's home giving them attention. Oh, right. And classic like homeowner says, my dogs don't bark because they don't when I'm here. But when you're not here, those dogs are terrified or they're guarding their property and they're doing their thing. And it's just chatter, 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 chatter of like barking. Yeah. So that's interesting. And if you're a night shift worker, that might irritate that might, you. Yeah. Might irritate yeah. you. So good idea to kind of like comb the hood all through some peak times during the day and evening to see kind of like what the hood's all about. And like more specifically, like the house and that, you know, the neighbors like in its immediate 
you know, circumference around that house. I have a recommendation that goes together with your steps. I seen you smiling there. I knew yeah. there was something on the tip of your tongue. Walk <laughs> your dog in those times where other people are walking their dogs. Maybe around that house. Chat with your neighbors. Right. Sometimes, sometimes your neighbors tell you things. Well, that's step three. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, step three, Parker is going to tell us. No, no, you can tell us. <laughs> no, step three is like, you, you do need to like go walk the dog or walk the hood and, and chat with people. Like this chat with the neighbors. before you bought. Well, I think it's okay to, at this point to have an offer on the table because you're checking boxes, right? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to put into your conditions that you're going to have like uh, an out clause because you want to meet the five neighbors to your left and the five neighbors to your right. <laughs> And I don't even think it's like ethically correct to get out of a deal if you don't like the neighbors, but that's not mm -hmm. for me to decide. Mm -hmm. right? I think it's a good idea to get to know the neighbors, to build a strategy to get along with the neighbors. Right. So let's put it that way. Nobody's getting out of anything. If you have an offer and things are going well, fine. If there's a neighbor that you see that you might not get along, just try to find those weak spots in that neighbor that you can get in through. Right. That it would be my Do you story. have an experience that you'd like to share? <laughs> no, but I have an analogy. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> so I used to ride horses. Yeah. And my coach used to tell me, your horse weighs maybe, what, a thousand pounds? A horse? That would be correct? A lot. A lot. That if you try to convince, if you try to turn your horse using strength, he's going to, he's, he's stronger. He's going to win you. He will definitely. So you have to convince the horse you want to turn right or left. Right. And you do that by finding those weak spots, and and but not by wrestling with him. Right. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I think with neighbors. You don't you don't go and try to fight with them, like my I put my fence a little taller yeah. and I complain about you. You send by law. I'll send by law too. That's not going to get you anywhere, and it's going to be a long years of fighting. Mm. Right. Yeah. I just think that you have to find that. It's like dealing with kids. You know, you take a deep breath and you don't tell him he's a spoiled brat. You just ask <laughs> him what's going on. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'll be her next time. I try. Though. I try. <laughs> and that's my, uh, that's my opinion with neighbors. That's right. what I do. So would you, like, recommend the idea of, like, before you've purchased the property, like, going around and kind of, like, being a little snidey to the neighbors just to test them out to see what their response is like? <laughs> you or do just, you take them cookies? No, you don't do all that at the beginning. You just observe. Right. You can get a lot from observing. You don't need to be, you know. You know what's awesome about this time of year is that it, it's like if you're buying a house around Halloween, you have the opportunity to like visit everyone's Knock house. Knock on their door. <laughs> Knock on their door. <laughs> peek into their living room. Ask for candy. How clean That'd be a little creepy. House. You've yeah. got a mask on so no one knows Trick who it or is. Trick or treat. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. Could be a valuable tool. Yeah. Very Use your children. It yeah. might be a little creepy if it's you. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, you you're going no to the one door. Knows. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Usually Hi. the parents hang back a little bit, yeah. but you're right up there. Yeah. You're sticking your head in. <laughs> oh, you got a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and a cat. I love that idea. It's, not, it's also not a bad idea. Like, if you are planning to make an offer on a property and you are combing the hood and you do strike up conversations with some neighbors, to tell them that you're interested in the property. Because the stories could start flaring. I know. And you could uncover, like, 
motives in, yep, in yeah. the purchase or <laughs> yep. sale proper, yep. proposition, right? For sure. I had a client that showed up uh, 10 minutes before our showing. Yeah. And parked there and saw the neighbors out. It was actually summer, so they were on the deck. And they told them that someone had died in the property and a little bit of that story. Well, that was the end of our showing. I got there and they were done. They were not going into that place. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Gave some details and that was it. Yeah. yeah. That wow. is crazy. I mean, like, if you really wanted your neighbor out, the best thing you could do is talk great about that property, mm-hmm. which might raise a flag as well, right? <laughs> but, you know, like, it's funny People because... People are not that suspicious. Oh, they talk really good about it. It must be... Bad. I know, but when you're a, <laughs> when you're a landlord and you get a call from another landlord looking for like a reference check, and like you're like, yeah. did so and so live here for 18 months? And they're like, yeah, she was great. She paid all the time. She's awesome, wonderful person. And I'm like, and so why is she leaving? Oh, she just wants to be, you know, like closer to somewhere else or whatever. And then I'm like, the red flag is waving. Mm. Like, they want out. They want this tenant out. Yeah. They're not going to be like, she never pays rent. Because then they're just going to be stuck with it, right? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of, it could be that yeah. way with with, yeah. with neighbors. And like, then there's a strata property, which is even a tighter knit family, right? And then you have like the strata rule bylaw enforcer who typically doesn't have a job. They're retired. Yeah. Just hanging out. Yes. Combing the parking lot, looking for reasons to be angry, Right. Cruising around. Like, as a realtor, I know you've met this person because you've parked in the wrong spot at a strata complex. Yeah. And boom, they're right there. Or, Can't park here. Yeah. Or if you I'll have you. a close yeah. relative that does snow clearing, there's always those guys standing outside telling you where you're supposed to put the snow. Right. And how grumpy they are yeah. with their coffee and their slippers and their... Thing. Their robe because yeah. they just they're, got Yeah. Out. And they're like, yeah. I'm so grumpy, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. I can remember a situation where... I had bought a quad and I got a plow for the front of it. And like, I only had a really short and stubby driveway. So when it finally snowed after I bought this quad with a plow, I was super eager to plow stuff. <laughs> and so first order of business was New to toy. knock my house out, get the neighbors, you know, the immediate neighbors. Right. And then I'm like, there's this old guy down the street and he's always outside kind of, you know, like pruning his garden. And he just looks like pride of ownership big time. And I'm like, I'm gonna go plow that guy's driveway. And so I rip down there and I'm so proud of myself and I start plowing his driveway and he comes out screaming at me for multiple reasons. One, the snow, I piled it on the high side of his driveway. So he's like, now I got to deal with this all winter. It's going to be melting across my driveway. I'm going to slip and fall. It's ice. And so I was like, okay, well, no problem. I'll move it all to the low side. But then he didn't want the pile. He didn't want to stare at the pile. He wanted his house to be the first to break off and get green. So then I had to like move the snow. So I, I plowed this guy's driveway, but I plowed it in the wrong side. Now I've moved it from one side of the driveway to the other side of the driveway. <laughs> and now he's telling me even that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Of course, I never saw this guy again in my life, but I had to plow all the snow across the street. To the other neighbor. To the other neighbor. <laughs> and I drove on his lawn a couple times, which got him <gasps> even more angry. Like this was... This was the Good Samaritan gone wrong. Yeah. You said you're welcome when you left? No, I was very angry myself. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait for Halloween that year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. 
So I think that would be a good step three, getting a little off topic, but like kind of like doing your due diligence and like meeting, meeting the neighbors in the immediate surrounding area of your house. Yeah. yeah. And finding out the gossip. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who's the bad neighbor? <laughs> and then like step four, what I think is a pet checker step. So you have neighbors that have dogs. Yeah, I you do. You have neighbors that have cats that they let their cats kind of free roam. Which is at high risk in the wintertime if you come home and you got a warm vehicle. They tend to like want to jump on your hood, which would really excite me mm-hmm. in a negative way. Yeah. Um, anything else? Chickens. No, well, Roosters. I'm going to tell you something. Roosters. Roosters. The cats coming and using your planter boxes as litter box. Right. That is what drives me crazy. Yeah. I used to have a sandbox for the kids. Not, not here in my other house and... That's where the neighbor's cat would go. Right. And right. my kids would play in and their pooping area. Yeah. That yeah. would drive me crazy. Yeah. Yep. And I have a sandbox and I remember a cat showing up from time to time. It would scare him away. I don't think he comes back. But that I, would be a problem. Yes. But even even the dogs, like I know my the neighbors that moved, they had a dog who they let free roam. And he loved to come over and poo in my yard. And my kids are in my front yard right. playing, whatever. Like I don't feel that I mm. should be having to clean up someone else's dog's poo in my yard so that my kids are not stepping in it because they're not, right. they wouldn't be expecting it. We don't have a dog. Right. Right. So they should be able to go out there and play and not step in the neighbor's dog's poo. Here's a, here's a sidestep. This probably doesn't apply to you guys, but I live in Barnhartville and it's nothing to see like horses walk up our road. Yeah. Cause at the end of my road is a trail for horse riding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be, it would be like socially unacceptable to walk your dog down the street and let him take a poop on the street or sidewalk or like in the ditch and not pick it up. Right. But it is not socially unacceptable to walk your horse down the street and freaking things yeah. crapping all over the place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And like these are different craps. Like these are yeah. like huge yeah. mountains. Bombs. Yes. Okay. So who does clean that up? The the it road cleaner when they I think they just kinda like it just disappears. Well, the thing is I, and, and I'm not justifying this, okay? I would probably go with a shovel and put it in my garden or I let it dry so you can use it as a compost. No? Yeah, but do you want to compost? You don't even know what he's eating. You're going to go and They're get not the eating poo off the street? No, but I'm saying that the horse's poo is not as bad as the dog poo. That I'm, I can tell you. But how do you justify that? It's the size of a... It's, it's yeah. 10 yeah. times yeah. the size. Yeah. Like you, maybe that's... I think, really... I think that's the impression most people have. Like yes. horse poop is just, well, that's just like, hey. that's horse life. Yeah. <laughs> but a dog, well, that's just rude. Well, is that, it's also meat and other stuff that. I don't know. Poop is poop. Uh, I guess so. No poop is cute. Even baby poop. No, no. I never time. said that baby but poop is cute. But you don't want it in your own yard, like basically outside your front door. Right. When it's not yours. Fair enough. And so if you do let, you need to know if your neighbors let their dogs run free, that they're going to come and check or something. So if my neighbors were listening to this podcast right now, they'd be like, the dork with the roosters is the dork <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to take them. My roosters are going down. Well, we're going to quiet them up. I have chicken and I have just moved them from beside the fence to more the middle of my backyard just to be respectful and not provoke my neighbors other animals to come and bark at my chicken right. my chicken don't make noise but the 
the, the dogs get super excited. How do you know your chickens don't make noise? Because I'm not home. They, I mean, they, they, you know what? Have you, I've heard them at the top of their lungs. And but maybe when you're not there, they're like really insensitive. Like maybe they're like really squawking. They squawk more when they see me because they really like me. Aww. That's cute. You ever notice like we talk a lot about chickens on yeah, this podcast? Yeah. This is I know, and podcast. I can't relate because I'm the only one on this podcast. Well, Emma and I that don't have chickens. Right. They're fun. I might get some now. You make me jealous. Okay, so all else fails. <laughs> You've moved in a house. You did not do your due diligence on your neighbors. Now what? Go fix it. Like I said, do your due diligence once you move in. See who, the, who your neighbors are and don't try to wrestle. Just try what if, to... What if neighbors move in? Like you don't have a choice. Like you're just living there and all of a sudden for sale sign goes up next to you and some goofball moves in next to you. Then what? Then you do your the same thing. I then would you show the them the process. rules of the neighborhood. Yeah, that that you've just made up because you're number one in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I'm the number one neighbor. <laughs> yep. Here are the rules. Um, you must abide by them. Easy. I think all else fails. You stick a real estate sign up, and you just reevaluate you your your process. What? Yeah. Sell your house. I just absolutely give us a love call. my house and I love my property. So these I do have new neighbors. Right. They're not going to be worse than the other lady. So. But if I don't like them, I'm supposed to put a sold a for sale sign and move out. Yeah. If, if everything fails, I'll list your house. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> we do a bang up job, by the way. I know. Yeah. Number, yeah. One, Number one waterfront realtor salesman of the decade. Jeez. Number one. I will definitely use you. I'm gonna put that on my business card. Number one. <laughs> Generically, asterisk. <laughs> let's right, just yeah. let's just say that term is overused and abused. Yeah. 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 Gross. I don't know. I think that you 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 do. You you have to do what Ali's saying and like I don't think everybody is capable like emotionally on a on an emotional level that they're that aware that they need to be like proactive and like open-minded and like I think yeah. some people would be, but I bet you if you went from like one neighborhood to another neighborhood, the emotional level would be fairly different. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, let's true. put it like this. I don't like conflict. I don't like to have someone looking over my fence all day long. Yeah. So because of my personality, yep. I would do that. I would take a deep breath, and instead of going to tell them what I think about them, I will try to put them on my side. So I don't that's have the right to, thing to do anyways. deal with them. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Otherwise, there's always cedars. Lions Landscaping has lots of cedars. You just grow them. They, they flourish. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. also, there's a lot of weeds on my neighbor's side that are going to my side. That's my thing. Uh-oh. So what happens if your neighbor says you put up the big fence? Well, that's a really good, like, there is a... You painted pink on his side and then whatever. <laughs> 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 he said, don't touch it, it's my fence. <laughs> then my, <laughs> my neighbors told me that I needed to put up a big six-foot fence yep. because um, they are past the stage of screaming kids. Because now I have oh. a pool where the kids like to play and have fun. and like, You should give them my yeah. business card and say, this guy can find you that property. But here's the thing. But you do your neighbor due diligence, though. <laughs> I put up the fence. Did you? I did. And you paid for it all yourself? No. You split it? Yeah. All right. That's so, so that's good. But I still had to put up a big fence because right. my, my kids have fun. There, there is like an unwritten kind of rule that if you, if you buy a house, 
and you want to put up a fence and your neighbor doesn't, Mm -hmm. then the fence has to be like six or eight inches directly on your property. Yes, because on you're y- on no on your property. property. So you need to you can't build it on the property line. Mm-hmm. It has to be built offset. If they want to build it. If no, if they don't like want if you want to build a fence yeah. and your neighbor doesn't want a fence built up, yeah. then you just can't run it down the property line. Oh. It has to be deeper on your property. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless you yeah, have yeah, that relationship where you're doing like the friendly neighbor kind of fence where you maybe split it or mm-hmm. have some sort of agreement that we're gonna put that right down the property line. Mm-hmm. But then that can get into ugly issues like three generations of homeowners later when yes. the fence is falling over and it becomes like, well, it's fall, falling over because you haven't painted your side. Your side's rotten. My side's good. I painted it, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, like there's all those kind of like But weird... it wasn't, it wasn't ever on your property and yeah, yeah. But if it's on your property, then it's just your fence and you right. can just do whatever the heck you want with it, right? Yeah. Paint one side pink. I like that. Paint yeah. one side pink. Yeah. It's a good idea. Bright pink. Hot pink. Then they're going to have to put a or you fence could put on like... their side six inches away then you yeah. took yours and you gained six inches <laughs> perfect <laughs> we should have a podcast on how to make your lot bigger <laughs> strategies six inches, at a time. six inches at a time yeah i like it well if you had like a half acre lot and you did six inches on one side six on the other and then six at the back you could really yeah improve your living yeah. space yeah yeah who okay. cares about property lines <laughs> i have a i have a couple of uh, nicknames that i use for neighbors i kind of like stereotyped some of them. Okay. So go. tell me what you think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have the, co- the cold neighbor and how I define this is the neighbor who is just like not ever going to be your friend. Yeah. Never going to discuss anything with you. They're not going to talk to you. They're just like ice. Yeah. Ever had one of those? Yes. They're not the worst neighbor to have. No. Because they, they keep to themselves. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what was the one you said? The collector, the bone collector, not the bone collector, <laughs> <laughs> the collector, the collector, like the pack rat, the pack rat, you, you drive by their house and there's stuff everywhere, s- everywhere, Car- cars, trailers, every single nothing kind of toy. is worth throwing out. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Gnomes, I, garden gnomes. That's a psychological problem in your brain that you, I agree. It's just mm. weird. That that should be another podcast about about hoarders Didn't we have one? and po- well hoarders. Yeah, no, about hoarders and like when you're going to show a house. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay, another podcast. Never mind. Okay. Got any other ones? I mean, there's the nosy neighbor. Yeah. Right. The nosy. They're always trying to end your business. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, I moved into a subdivision. No, I moved into a neighborhood. And um, I decided to erect a split rail fence. And I'd been in the neighborhood for over a year. And I had not really communicated with all my neighbors yet. Because we were on acreages. And it's not the same as like, you just drive home at the same time and spark up a conversation. It's easier in a smaller, tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. But with when the houses are half a mile away from each other, it's a little more difficult to spark up a conversation with, with a stranger. Right. So the neighbor across the street decides that like, she's heading right for me and she's going to spark up a conversation with me. And I'm so excited. I'm like, hey, my neighbor, like they want to <laughs> talk to me, right? Like we're going to be buddies. Yeah. And she comes down and I got the second rail in for my split rail fence that goes 140 feet. And she comes over and the first thing she says is, do you want me to show you how to put these fence rails in properly? 
<laughs> and I look over to their fence that's not a split rail fence, falling over, unpainted, unmaintained. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, I'm good, like, thanks. That's, that's your introduction? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least she offered help. Well, I, I see it differently now than I did that. It was a very nice It was gesture. a gesture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have said, roll up your sleeves. Let's do this. Yeah. Right? Let's what get did you this. say? What did you say? I was actually pretty cool. Like I said, uh, oh, hi, I'm Parker. I think that's how I responded. <laughs> and I don't even think she told me your name. She's just kind of like, you're doing this all wrong. You got to put the posts in first. And I'm like, well, you can't really do that on a split rail fence because they interlock, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work that mm-hmm. way. But anyways, it was nice talking to you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to continue working. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Well, Bring the cookies if you want. Yeah. Yeah, fence so, is mine. Anyways, um, another one would be, um, I can't remember whose name, I think this might have been Emma's, the judges? The judges. Tell me about the judges. What do they do? They, they judge everything you do. Yeah. Right? Your lawn was not cut on the diagonal, and we cannot see those stripes. Right? Okay. My lawn is cut by my six-year-old. So, <laughs> so it's exact. <laughs> so it's half cut because yeah. he gets tired. Yeah. Yeah. No, or they drive by and they're like, mm, don't you think you need to paint your door? Mm, you know, like just, just judgy on everything, right? Right. Okay. Judges. <clears throat> um, the chatty Kathy. Chatty Kathy? Always has to stop you. Always has to have like a 10 minute conversation right when you're leaving and you need to go somewhere. Hmm. Probably retired. Yes. yes. Lo- looking yeah. for some attention. That's yes. my upstairs neighbor. Right. <laughs> Maybe it overlaps with the grandparents too. But yeah, yeah and I was going to say the retired is not necessarily a bad thing because like the loving grandparent yeah. type of, of neighbor. I yeah. have those. I have. And I will never too. leave those guys and ever. Ch- Chatty Kathy could be like really like a good neighbor too because they could be like, although they squish it for time at times, they're probably always keeping a watchful eye yeah. out in your yeah. hood. Right. Okay, so that is why it's important to ha- to know your neighbors and be yeah. friendly with your neighbors, right? Yeah. They're going to, when you're gone and you're out of town, they're going to keep an eye on your place. Yeah. Right. right? When I left to Argentina last time, my neighbor texted me as I'm in the airport, said, did you, mi- did you mean to leave your front door wide open? <gasps> oh. And I said, do you mind closing it? <laughs> the taxi showed up and we just left. Nice. <laughs> so, so I would have been open for... Three weeks. Whoa. Yeah. Well, that was helpful. Oh, oh yeah, it was great. Thing. You had nice right. neighbors. Yes. Hey? Yeah. 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 Hmm. I wonder if they, like, took a tour first. <laughs> they can't. It was a mess. So maybe they could pick up, up a couple of things. She kinda, I wonder what she eats. <laughs> Open her fridge. Do you guys give a, a set of spare keys to your neighbor? No, I but hide, I tell them the hiding spot. I hide a, a key? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, I, now that I remember it, I've given that hide a key to someone, and I don't have a hide a key anymore. Mm. I don't even have a key in my own house. I bought a lock with a code. Yeah, mine too. That's the way uh, it's not installed yeah. yet. It's been sitting on my table for the past four weeks, but yeah. we'll get there. It's a project. Do it. It's so great for the oh, kids. Yeah. So, good. so you so can give great. it to your neighbors. You yeah. can give it to everybody. Yeah. And you can change it. Yes. Right? If you give a key to your neighbor, you're committed. Yeah. Like, well, you can take that key back. I know, but then it becomes like a conflict, right? Because if you're just having like a little issue with them and you're like, man, I wish I had that key back. I don't want her to have my key no more. Well, you could just change the code on your door and you're done. Mm. It's all in the approach of how you ask for yeah. the key back. 
I had to ask for the key back because all my kids lost the key. So we have one key for the whole family. And that's why there's a hide spot because it's the only key. And I'm done with this. So I want to put that padlock there so nobody loses keys anymore. Perfect. Um, what about well, the Joneses? This is more like a subdivision, like a development subdivision. This is who I see. They always have it the last in trend. The yeah. newest car? They have to get yeah. the best. And if you get something, they're going to go out and they're going to get something better. Right. Right? I do know someone like this, but I'm not going to squeal them on the podcast. But I have, I have an acquaintance friend who is like always looking to upgrade something on their home. But more so than ever using the upgrade, it's just chatting about it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, yeah. you should see this thing I just yeah. put in my house. Yeah. I have another best. name for them. What do you got? It's, they're called the one-upper. The one-upper. You know, you did your fence. They did uh, really good. Wrought iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. The one-upper. Yeah. Hey, do you think that anyone's ever, like, given you guys names? Oh, I'm sure. Yes, for sure. I don't really <laughs> care, but uh, sometimes you make a little bit more of an effort for them to be really, really uh, imaginary. Imaginary. Is there a word that you say like that? Like a really good name. So you kind of exaggerate your personality to see how good they get. Of a name. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really don't care, but I love people watching and then. I have a neighbor who challenges every time I do anything in my house. Like, why would you update that fence? It was perfectly good before. It's been there for 30 years. Well, <laughs> I really want a nicer fence. I'm not trying to one-up you. Just like yeah. really excited about putting a new fence up. Yeah. Why would you tear that shit down? It was as strong as an ox. You know, it's been there for 30 years. <laughs> like, I know the guy who built it. It's like, yeah, but it was rat-infested. Mm-hmm. So you are known as the waster. I guess. Is that what I am? The waster? The waster. Well, you wasted a good shed and you wasted a good fence. Okay. Yeah, I'm the waster. <laughs> Number one waster, Kamloops. <laughs> well, that seems like we've covered the due diligence, the stereotyping, and the process for improving the potential of having a gooder experience. A gooder. On yeah. your next purchase. Gooder. Yeah. English. Yes. A gooder English. Yeah. A it gooder is English better to word. like your neighbors and have a peaceful and respectful living environment. Yes. Okay. Got anything else to add? That was my th- final thought. Do you guys remember the four steps? Yeah. Um, I can't wait to write an offer and be like subject to buyer <laughs> approving all neighbors within a... Four mile radius of this house. Four mile. Do you have a cheat sheet? That's the only way I'm going to remember the four steps. You could just subscribe to the podcast. And if you don't subscribe to this podcast, what are you waiting for? There you go. Get on there. It's number one. Okay, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Appreciate you joining us this week. And uh, look forward to an upcoming chicken podcast, an upcoming hoarder (laughs) podcast. And uh, we still got to get the... um, what was the, uh, we were, what did we want the city of Camelot guy back for? We had a really good podcast idea. We have to go back to our minutes. Oh man, we got to go back. All right. Done. Okay. Bye. Thank you.